0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, And in this episode, we consider learning and development efforts in whatever the heck the new normal is. My guest today is Hassan Farouki. Director of Learning and Development North America for OSL Retail Services. Hassan is a self described motivational and inspirational results oriented operations, learning and organization development and change leader with over a decade of proven leadership experience and a track record of success. Enhancing business development profitability, service, and quality for multi-billion dollar retails and marketing firms by creating integrated strategies to develop and expand new and existing customer sales. Hassan is integral to the business. Hassan, welcome to the show today.
1: Thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me on your show today.
0: So um, I just gave you a lovely intro there, but why don't you take a minute or two now and uh, and tell our listeners a bit more about yourself and what you get up to, your role over at OSL, and and what OSL does.
1: Yeah, thank you for that intro, Bill. Really appreciate it. So as you had suggested, um, I manage learning and development at OSL. Uh, I manage the areas of training and development, organization development, uh, as well as diversity, inclusion, and belonging with our HR partners. Um, as well as uh, managing performance management throughout the organization. Uh, I work with different stakeholders within our business uh, to manage that sphere as well. As an organization, we partner with clients, um, various clients in the retail sector, predominantly in the telecommunications sector, uh, in delivering uh, sales and operation solutions. Uh, so that is what we do. We de- de- design and deliver custom sales solutions, as well as operational solutions for our clients. Uh, so companies that partner with us are looking for our expertise in running that segment of um, of their business and and really enlist us to make sure that they're successful um, in that area where we bring expertise in.
0: Now then uh, it's been it's been a very difficult 18 months for for lots of different sectors, lots of different industries but uh, uh, one of the one of the areas which perhaps have been hit the hardest is is retail or at least in-person retail. Right. Um I mean I guess if uh, if if any listeners out there who work, who work for firms like Amazon they're probably doing all right right now um but certainly you know the in person retail outlets have have struggled take uh, take a minute or two now Hassan and and paint a picture of what performance looks like in the retail industry and and what's changed during the pandemic
1: Yeah you know I, it's a, it's a very interesting question because I think different businesses have um have been impacted differently by uh, by the pandemic. You know, I, certainly, I you know, I think of companies like Amazon. Uh, uh, you know, North America. I think of companies like Best Buy that have fared really well. Walmart um, and a couple other you know big big box retailers. I think um, things have have shifted quite a bit towards the e commerce side of the business. I think a lot of businesses have gone through transformation. Um, you know, I think of you know local companies or Canadian companies such as Canadian Tire, Home Depot, so on and so forth. Some of these are more North American, where they're really um, uh, and 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 Walmart obviously, which is one of our clients. How they've uh, and Walmart, out of all of these, I feel have shifted the best and moved all their uh, quite a bit of their efforts into the whole you know um, order and pickup um, uh, you know kind of mode where where customers the way they interact with customers has really shifted over. Uh, I think that the, the jobs have transformed quite a bit over the pandemic, roles have transformed quite a bit. But I think it's it's been a very challenging um, perspective for a lot of organizations. I think performance, perhaps from a sales perspective, you know, things may have gotten better for for a lot of these organizations. But I think from a people perspective, nobody was ready for this change. Um, you know, we've been anticipating, we've we've kind of been driven by how technology has transformed the workplace over the last you know, I'd say better 50 years, how, how technology has really transformed the workplace. But I think the pandemic, COVID really accelerated this whole bit. And I, I think from a up uh, perspective, I can speak to retail very specifically. Uh, I, would, I would definitely say that, you know, old practices and how people were managed through performance are probably becoming more and more obsolete. Uh, we have to move to a newer way to manage people because they're remote, because they have challenges. Um, you know, I, I think that organizations can no longer rely on pen and paper processes that they digitize, but they have to really look at performance management ground up and and to ensure the employees are are engaged and that they know what's expected of them at work and they know the why behind what they're doing. I think more now than ever, uh, organizations need to be focused on that, and I think that needs to show in, uh, not only in their mission vision and values, their strategies and goals, but it should also show in how they measure performance and how uh, performance evaluations and management is done across different industries so I think there's been a quite a bit it's been a very transformative year for sure and organizations that I feel that have picked up on this and' were already on the path of doing this I think they've done really well uh, and perhaps organizations that you know maybe weren't as uh, or maybe we're a bit more unyielding towards this. Um, you know they've probably faced a lot more challenges in being able to manage people and and, and people performance
0: so as an l and d professional as a, as a as a training professional Hassan um what 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 is what does learning and development look like over the the past year like what what's different in a work from home environment compared to Previously, where I, I, I guess a lot of companies were already um, using online training as, as options. But, you know, it was probably complemented by in-office training and um, other in-person experiences as well. Um, in terms of levels of engagement, in, in terms of how one can interact, in terms of uh, does, does someone, can someone learn as quickly when it's all online? What What, what have you seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, for our organization, that's a really good question, Bill. I think, uh, as as I suggested in my previous response, organizations that were already down the path of, you know, digital transformation for a lot of these tools, um, I think they would have fared well. And I think they would have been able to pivot much quicker um, into a kind of a COVID, post-COVID era. Uh, those organizations that weren't on there, they really had to think their strategy through and Employ tools, and, and we all know, you know, as 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 large as your organization is, and as it continues getting bigger, uh, it's always more challenging uh, to introduce new tools and new ways of doing things. And I, you know, I think for for the retail space sector, I worked in a couple of different retail sectors, and I, I feel like retail in itself has done fairly well when it comes to some of these things. Um, you know, when we first got into uh, we, we we truly believe as an organization, OSL is um, is very uh, up to date with with technology and, and and in some some cases abreast of uh, of what is available out there. You know, we we pick the latest and greatest. We have AI powered tools. We use some of the best um, best softwares to to drive different um, uh, programs that would traditionally be done you know in a more paper and pen kind of way. You know, we we have employed some of the best tools uh, from a talent acquisition, from a learning and development perspective, from a performance perspective. From an LD perspective, I can say, we were already doing a lot of the digital learning. We are so spread out across North America. Uh, We operate in about 15, 1600 locations across US and Canada and counting by the way, our business continues to grow. So it was never feasible from a financial standpoint. Uh, you know, to have trainers out there. And again, I, I'm a huge advocate of instructor-led training, face-to-face training, nothing beats it. But I think we realized very early on in our growth that we needed something more. We needed to be digital. We needed to be mobile. We needed it to, to be uh, training to be delivered in a micro-learning uh, delivery format. That's an, That's a buzzword that a lot of folks use. But really the idea is, you know, five minutes or less. We live in a world where I often say this, um, you know, in interviews as well, I often talk about, um, think about the workforce that exists today, right? So we have six or seven different generations of people working at any given time today, six or seven different generations. And 40% of the workforce that exists today, you know, they were born in the year 2000 or after, right? If you think about the retail workforce, the landscape, um, you know, in the in the late uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. And so they're, they're the generation that is used to the iPhones and the YouTube and the TikTok. That that era is very, um, it's quick hit information, Twitter style information, uh, micro learning information. And so uh, we recognize this much earlier on as part of our strategy for organization that we're heading down this way. So we adopted tools much earlier on. I think the pandemic really, really accelerated how information needed to be cascaded down from a communication as well as from a uh, a learning perspective. So I think as an organization, it didn't impact it impact us as much. Uh, we heard a lot of stories from a lot of other organizations where their challenges implementing something. Um, uh, as for us, it was simple as as Zoom. We were already using Zoom and doing web conferences, webinars, remote learning sessions, so on and so forth. But I think about all these other organizations who had challenges installing, um, installing these platforms and rolling them out to such a large audience that we're not used to using these kind of tools. Given what has happened over the last um, you know, 12, 16 months with the pandemic, it's, it's really accelerated businesses to rethink their strategy and saying, okay, how do we make technology part of our solution? What does that look like? How will this transform our business? What do we need to do to stay current in the market and current with technology and, and what are the expectations really? And I think the most important part is, it's all about the user, the um, the employee experience. What will my employee experience within our organization? I think it's an important question for any leader to ask and and what kind of tools do we have available to make sure that experience is a good one and it's in line with, um, yeah, with, with the technology of today. I think that's an important, it's an important question to ask it's important uh, solution to come up with. You,
0: you've partnered with IntelliHR recently as your performance management software provider. And listeners, you can check out a couple of other interviews that we did with folks from IntelliHR with uh, Rob Bramage, who's the the CEO, and uh, also with Glenn Donaldson. Um, I'd, I'd like now for you to take just two minutes, if you don't mind, and and talk to us a bit about your your experience with IntelliHR, What what's been most rewarding? What what perhaps was most challenging as, as part of the implementation process? And what have been some of the results?
1: Yeah, overall, I think the process was great uh, from the very beginning. From when we um, were looking for the right software to to address our needs, as I was talking about, um, we didn't want to take our paper and pen processes, or we were already digital. We wanted something new. We wanted something different that tied into where our company was going. Intelli hit all the notes for us. I think that was an incredible, uh, you know, usually go to buy or look for software, you RFP for software as you don't find everything you're looking for. I feel like Intelli for us hit all the notes we were looking for as an organization Um, from the sales, uh, the number of demos we'd asked them to do, uh, walk different stakeholders to different things. I think, you know, Saul and team did a phenomenal job there. Um, and then to the implementation phase where, uh, you know, our, our our CSM, Gemma, did a phenomenal job in helping us understand, truly understand how to use the system, best use it. And and you know what? They optimized it and they customized it for the needs of our business. It's hard to find vendors like that. It's hard to find partners like that. We truly feel we're in a partnership with IntelliHR with what we're looking to do for our business and obviously, you know, helping enhance the software as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's, it's been a great experience all the way through. And, you know, implementation was, I'd be lying if I'd say if it, it was without bumps, but I'd say more of the bumps were caused on our end with, you know, with the data that we had uh, and how we were able to really work with their team to ensure we had a fairly smooth launch of the system. And we did it in record time. Uh, so, yeah, so all, all, all praises to that team and all kudos to them for helping us uh, get a phenomenal system on onboarded in, in such record time.
0: Now another firm that you guys work with is uh, is Mesh Diversity, and um, regular listeners of the HR Chat Show will be familiar with uh, Dr. Lino, who uh, who was a guest uh, in in twenty twenty one, and uh, Lino also spoke at one of our Innovate Work events, actually alongside uh, Rob Bromage, who. I mentioned previously there um i'm, I'm a big fan of what the, the the team lino and his team get up to at mesh diversity why don't you now take a minute or two and and tell our listeners a bit about that partnership between osl and, and mesh
1: yeah absolutely um so lo- we're, we're lockstep with mesh mesh has been a uh, an incredible incredible partner with us um you know, when most companies uh, started focusing on, and we take a lot of pride in this, a lot of companies really started focusing on diversity, inclusion, and belonging kind of post, uh, you know, the whole George Floyd uh, unfortunate incident that had happened last year. Um, you know, we'd we partner with Mesh quite a bit earlier. Our, uh, one of our managing partners, Gary McCaskill, um, you know, who was, was truly a visionary, uh, you know, took a look at our organization, said, we have great culture, we want to continue driving it. But as we continue to expand, you know, our, um, you know, our teams are getting bigger. And so how do we find a way to make sure that our culture continues to grow the way that it has let us grow so far and continues to get better? And so we partnered with Mesh about a couple of years ago and, you know, obviously worked very closely with Mike and, and Dr. Uh, Carmen Cherry, uh, Dr. Lino, uh, who have been phenomenal partners as well. And I, I use the term partner because we work together to help improve. Uh, our business Um, and and so from a diversity inclusion and belonging standpoint and how they've helped us truly understand the needs of our business from a div standpoint and how it impacts our leaders how it impacts our culture what are some of the things we could do to help improve our culture some of the things that they've implemented from you know doing um, you know culture surveys we do pulse surveys uh, doing 360, so on and so forth. Um, it's given a lot of really good insights into our into our business, uh, a lot of really good data into our talent, uh, and and we continue to work with them to now, you know, we're, we're building training content to help address some of the needs of the business uh, to continue to be ahead of the curve when it comes to things like diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and not making it a um, you know a, a, a checklist item just because of what's happening in the world. But we truly believe that within our DNA, belonging is one of our strongest values within the organization. Uh, and, and you know we wanna make sure that uh, no matter what we do, DIB is at the forefront of it. Everyone has that lens on, and um, you know we're creating an environment that, um, that feels safe, and people feel like they belong. And so Mesh has been an incredible partner with us over the past couple of years, really helping us craft that out um, and helping us drive that
0: strategy. Hassan, we're coming towards the end of this interview. Before we wrap things up, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your your plans for the next the next year or so. What, what you're hoping to get up to in your role? Uh, what what OSL is going to be getting up to in the next year? Any exciting developments that you can share exclusively with our listeners today? And and also how how can our listeners learn more about OSL and connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, I mean, I, I I can only share what I can share, but uh, as an organization. We're continuously growing, so we have some really exciting initiatives and projects uh, on the go. I, I won't be able to name them all, but uh, we are continuing to expand our footprint um, across North America. Over the course of the next 12 months, You know, um, if, if I just backtrack, eight years ago when we had first started this business, and I'd, I'd come on board, um, it was employee number seven. Uh, we were only in a four-store pilot, do not have grown over 8,000 employees in the last seven years. We've had some pretty significant explosive growth across North America, we continue to do so. So our major initi- initiatives are really uh, focused around our clients and our people. Uh, and so all the different tools we're bringing on board, all the different uh, processes that we're building are all revolving around how do we better manage performance? How do we drive performance? How do we work with our people to ensure that you know we, we have rockstar people? How do we take them to the next level? And then obviously, how do we do right by our clients and continue to make sure that they're profitable and we can continue to expand their footprint and their uh, market penetration uh, so those are all the different things that we're working on um, uh, and it's it's mainly at this point it's mainly focused on how we're developing our people and continuing to go into um, into this decade and and, and really winning at uh, what we're doing as an organization um, you can learn you can learn more about uh, OSL by. W- visiting our website uh, www.oslrs.com you can check out our careers page there you can also follow us on instagram facebook or linkedin Um, and if you ever want to reach out to me you can always reach out uh, to me at hfarooqi at oslrs.com if you have any questions concerns or you know would just like to drop in and say hi uh would absolutely love to uh you know see anoka my way come my way
0: Okay, perfect. There we go. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Hassan, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
1: The pleasure is all mine, Bill. Thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. I hope I was able to share information that was valuable to your listeners.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate your time today. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.